Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome, 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 everybody. Sharp Lessons back for another week of sports betting. He's Nate Jacobson. I'm Ben Wittenstein. Nate, how was the weekend for you? It was rough, honestly. (laughs) Yes, it was. Yeah, we were texting this weekend how we were losing some bets in college, and the NFL slate was looking kind of good up until like 2.30 Central Time, and then everything went wrong except for our dual best bet, the Indianapolis Colts, minus two, winning by seven on kind of a – a last-second touchdown where they could have easily just settled for a field goal to get the push. Yep, so not sure how that won. If that was a sweat. If you're listening to our podcast bets, it's uh, you're probably doing well, but I also bet other things. I track all my plays, and this weekend was tough. It was a tough weekend, though, I was anticipating, especially college football. And then the NFL, one of those weekends where I'm like, I'm going to take a stand against the Giants, I'm going to take a stand against the Jets, and both teams won outright as pretty big underdogs. So yeah. really weird week, a week where I wish I wasn't interested in so many favorites because the underdogs did really well in both sports, not just winning against the spread, but also winning on the field. Yeah, it's uh, the thing is, if you're not following any of our bets like on, on the bet tracking apps, if you just follow our best bets, you are having a hell of a college and NFL football season. We're 20-9, and nine, 69% win percentage. You're 10-2. and two. You got an 83% win percentage on best bets this season. Yeah, but I, I do bet other things. This is just kind of <laughs> the, the timing of the Thursday you just podcast. Bet this now. That's it. Yeah, the timing of the Thursday podcast. I give out what I think are my best players at the current numbers, and just the timing of it's worked out. And then you gave out Eagles minus three and a half. That closed, I think, seven. Um, well, you gave out Eagles, gave out first, Eagles half, first half, first three, half, and half. three and a half. And that was very it. easy. And then Dallas actually almost covered the full game spread. So that was a great way to look. Yeah. Uh, a, a game where I had a little bit on the Eagles and was stressful because I bet the 60-minute line and you just took out the last 30 minutes. And that was, was a rocking chair winner, we'll say, on the Eagles, which is nice to nice. have every once in a while in football. So. Yeah. Yeah, we're about halfway through, uh, well, I guess more than halfway through college now in terms of regular season, and then NFL just kind of going along with the flow and trying to find uh, valuable sides in the NFL, a, a league that uh, the quality of play as always isn't always good on prime time and the scoring's down, and there's some really odd things that happen every week, but hopefully we could bounce back, or at least I could bounce back with some of my secondary NFL plays. Yeah, it was a booster that didn't even hit last night, and people are oh, upset yeah. about that. Yeah, we don't need to talk too much about that, but it's causing a lot of people on Twitter to think the NFL is rigged. And Yes, if you which think, it's not. If you think that's the case, then maybe you should find a new hobby. <laughs> there, It would be impossible to rig the NFL, to be quite honest. But we do have some lines we wanted to look at in the NFL and in college, some situations, uh, and – you know, there's a Thursday night game, but there has been – this has kind of been a weird injury week for a lot of teams, specifically the teams that are playing on Thursday night. So 
I may just have some NBA bets in place of Thursday night football. But let's start with our college football opening bell, looking at some of these line movements across college football. Only a couple games that had some significant line movement. And a couple games, honestly, that you put down that I'm going to consider betting, and I probably will bet at least one of these games. That first game is Kansas State. They moved from plus 5.5 to plus 3.5, playing at TCU. Still undefeated are the Horned Frogs. But Kansas State, and you mentioned this before the season even started, you like Kansas State. It seems like uh, the, the public and betters are starting to like Kansas State because that line has now moved down a significant amount of points, almost to the key number of three. Yeah, and before the season, I think Kansas State and TCU were uh, the two teams that people who weren't sure about the top of the Big 12 to kind of make a case for as a middle-of-the-pack Big 12 team maybe to make a run. And both these teams undefeated in conference play, TCU number, I believe, number eight in the poll after beating Oklahoma State at home. But I think this is just a really good spot for Kansas State. First of all, coming off a bye, so they're fully rested for this game. And then the situation they're catching TCU in, TCU the last four games have been like really big games for them, and they won all of them. First, it started off with their last non-conference game against SMU, which was a big deal because Sonny Dykes used to be the coach at SMU, so that was a big deal for him. Then you play your conference opener when we thought Oklahoma was good, and they beat them by 31 points at home. The next week, they go to undefeated Kansas, who was also ranked. Game day was in Lawrence. They go and end up beating Kansas. And then last week, they play Oklahoma State. On game day, they get steamed up from like three and a half on Friday to I think five and a half at close because there were some question marks about Oklahoma State quarterback Spencer Sanders and if he was injured or not. Oklahoma State gets out to that lead 14 nothing early and pretty much control the whole game. I think it was 30 to 16 uh, late in the second half. And then TCU forces overtime and they win in double overtime. They storm the field. So a little bit of, I guess, of a hangover spot because of all these games. And you just wonder at some point. TCU just they won't be able to get up for as many games as they have had maybe they do for one more week because Kansas State is you know a ranked team undefeated in the Big 12 but with Kansas State coming off the bye I think the situation sets up really well for the Wildcats getting over a a field goal right now to go into Fort Worth and was it yeah it seems like everyone agrees yeah I think yeah I thought that line was just a little high in general just kind of number wise but so now the, the number is probably correct. Uh, I mean, TCU was pretty much the same spread against Oklahoma State. I think Oklahoma State, Kansas State are pretty comparable in terms of power rating. But I think just situationally it makes a lot of sense for Kansas State. It does. And I might look to bet Kansas State the line. I don't love that it's down now to three. But TCU at some point you would you would think is going to be set up for a loss. Yeah, honestly, it did look like that. First half, they looked dead. Yeah. They really did. And and somehow, you know, Oklahoma State allowed them back in the game, allowed them to win in overtime. But I don't know if Kansas State will be able to put as much pressure as OK State did, at least in the first half, to kind of scare TCU. But throughout the full game, it is a night game at home. You know, people might see that, and they may start betting TCU back towards the later half of the week. We maybe will be able to get some Kansas State movement by Friday, Saturday. So I might wait on that one. But the game that I think I'm going to bet – as soon as possible, maybe even during this segment, is going to be LSU. That line has moved from plus two to minus one and a half. They're playing Old Miss, and it's a little bit of deja vu for us because we sat here two weeks ago, and we're talking about LSU and Tennessee, and we're saying, Tennessee, we love them, minus three. They're going on the road. It's an 11 a.m. game in Baton Rouge. Yes. Terrible spot for LSU. 
And now I think we're the complete opposite. We really like LSU. It's a 2:30 game at home. They're playing an Ole Miss team that has some defensive injuries, and LSU is coming off a, a really good offensive game against Florida. Yeah, so like I don't think LSU should have any shame to losing to Tennessee, especially no. after what we saw yeah, Tennessee upsetting Alabama, and the spot was good for Tennessee. You mentioned it was a really early start, and also just the way that game played out, where there was a fumble recovery by Tennessee on the opening kickoff. So like everything went wrong for LSU. I like what LSU did last week, bouncing back, winning at Florida. That was a big game for them. Yeah. That's kind of a even though they're in different divisions, that's they play each other every year, so that's a big rivalry game. But I think this bet might be a little bit more about fading Ole Miss and not as good as their seven and O record indicates. They had a very easy non conference schedule. Their SEC slate was Kentucky, where they probably got a one half of an injured Will Levis, and that was a game they could have yeah, easily right. lost as a touchdown favorite at home against Kentucky team that has a lot of flaws. Then the next week they go out, beat Vanderbilt, get a late cover, but they were down at halftime of that game. And then last week they jump out to a big lead against an Auburn team who could have easily could any at any point really easily could quit on their coach because they know he's going to get fired. Yeah, but Auburn fought back and they ran the ball in. all over Ole Miss. It was a seven point game late, so I'm really worried about Lane Kiffin's team. Lane Kiffin's a fun guy; he's entertaining, but I'm gonna you know take that bias or what I like about players or coaches personally uh, to put that to the side when it comes to betting. I think LSU deservedly became the favorite in this game as we saw the flip of favorite on Monday morning and I'd still lay it with LSU anything two and a half or better yeah honestly if I can get them a one and a half I'm, I'm super happy about that and literally as I talk Nate I am placing a bet on LSU minus one and a half I, I just it's a good position you know it's a good position for them like, like you said I it, it's hard for me especially with how well they played against Florida and offensively Brian Kelly even said it he goes this was as best of I've seen the offense play this whole season I don't think they're going to lose twice at home to a top 10 team. Tennessee was probably much better than people expected at the time. Yeah. I don't know if Ole Miss should be a top 10 team at this point, and I don't even know if they should be this short of an underdog on the road, 2.30 game. That, when you know, when we talked about, you know, it was early in 11 a.m. game, 2.30 is perfect. Students are going to be liquored up. The fans are going to be liquored up. It's going to be loud. It's going to end up uh, being dark towards the end of the game. You know, it's got a primetime, nighttime feel. That's a tough place to win on the road for a team that certainly showed some cracks in the armor for the past week or so. Yeah, and I think that beating Florida will definitely get the crowd into it, kind of fans buying into Brian Kelly, showing that you give me just a little bit of time with a group of players, I'll get the most out of them. Yeah, I think it was kind of a tough position for Kelly to be in, where if they were if LSU was expecting like 10 wins right away, they were definitely mistaken because it's a group of players where a lot of them they just plucked from the portal and they're all playing each other at the first time. So I think LSU, a team that's going to be better as the season goes on, I liked what I saw from their offense against Florida, which I think was my big question mark about the team, but being able to score 45 points in the swamp was impressive. Yeah. Now you come back home, I think, as you mentioned, fans should be excited, and the and the start time for this game is a little bit better than yes. the, uh, the 11 a.m. kickoff we saw, 11 a.m. Central time when they played Tennessee, and Tennessee was coming off a bye and had like 25,000 fans in, yep. in Death Valley. So I like LSU in this spot, spot, even it's though I – I, I don't know. I think Ole Miss is good, but I just don't know how good they are because of who they played. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a very fair assessment. So, listen, I'm on, I'm on LSU minus one and a half with you here. I want to talk out one bet, uh, and this is uh, an interesting team. Of course, they're coming off uh, a very huge loss that I think almost 12 million people saw on television. So, one of the most <laughs> watched college football games of the year. Lose on a last-second field goal against Tennessee on the road. 
They're back at home this Saturday night, play Mississippi State. It's a night game. It's homecoming. And it's Alabama <laughs> off a loss. Right. And you can get them as a favorite under three scores, minus 20 and a half. I'm leaning toward Alabama. I am. I think the spot is good, and I always, you know, you never, can never go wrong betting Nick Saban after a loss. But maybe this is just Alabama's team, bad defensively. Maybe struggle against Mike Leach's offense against Mississippi State. I don't know how worried I should be about Alabama right now, especially in a spot where they're almost a three-touchdown favorite. Yeah, I kind of agree with you where – you know, it's attractive, the idea of betting Nick Saban off a loss. I believe last year we did that when they played Mississippi State in Stark Vegas after losing to Texas A&M yep. the week before. And that game was kind of iffy, and then Alabama pulled away. I think this Mississippi State team actually is a little bit better. Experienced quarterback. I don't think he's going to be too, you know, intimidated going into uh, uh, Tuscaloosa, Brian Denny Stadium. So I, I think Mississippi State can keep it close. I guess I would be a little worried back in Mississippi State because of you know some motivational factors, but also Mike Leach when he has to step up in class and like a rivalry game usually isn't a good bet. But I think yep. Mississippi State could keep it close because I'm not sure how good this Alabama team, a team that I thought was the best team in the country going into the year, and Bryce Young basically carried them all the way back in that game against Tennessee. But defensively, I have my questions about Alabama and just some like other parts of the team, like wide receiver, where they don't have the wide receivers that they did last year in Mechie and Williams. So maybe this Alabama team is kind of a, a step below the Georgia and the Ohio State in terms of pecking order nationally. Might be. I don't know if I feel comfortable laying this many points with Alabama, a team that I think just wants to get out there, win the game, and then they have a bye week before their game against LSU, and then they can kind of reset their goals for the year because there's definitely a path for Alabama to make it to the college football playoff. And it's oh, basically yeah. just win the next five games. Tennessee was a not a division game, so the game really doesn't matter in terms of the SEC uh, race or winning the SEC title because they're going to play either Tennessee or Georgia in that game in Atlanta in early first week of December as long as they win out. So. They're, they're, you know, the path's still there for Alabama, but it doesn't mean they have to win by margin against a Mississippi State team that I, before that Kentucky loss last week, I thought they were the fourth best team in the SEC, but maybe I have to reassess what I think about the Bulldogs. Yeah, I mean, it does seem like a team for Alabama. My, my, only, my only thought process here is looking at Alabama, knowing what Nick Saban brings after a loss with his team. He obviously was not happy with the way his team played against sure. Tennessee. He knows it's homecoming. He knows all the alumni, all the fans. They're all there. He's going to want to beat the hell up on Mississippi State if he can. And that's that's, that's the question. Can I, he, can, though? Because can we he, said though. the same right. thing about Texas A&M. We did. He was going to do that against Jimbo Fisher, but and they barely did. even won the game. Yeah. So is, is this team capable? Offensively, I think they are. Defensively, though, for me, is the real question. Tennessee walked all over him. Now, Tennessee, one of the best offenses in, in the nation, so maybe it's a different story against Mississippi State, but – Again, that's I, I just that's why I need to talk this out because I'm still not fully convinced, but I'm leaning toward Alabama minus twenty and a half in this one. As long as that stay, if it goes to 21, 21 and a half, I'm either staying away or maybe even betting Mississippi State. To be quite honest, yeah, definitely an interesting game and a, and a big number for an Alabama team that I think is getting a little bit. And I think that could have been actually a market watch game or opening bell game where that line opens 18 and then got bet up quickly. So yeah. I'm not really sure Mississippi State's dealing with any injuries or anything. I didn't watch their game against Kentucky just because there was so many good games on Saturday that yeah. I couldn't have eyes on all of them. 
Uh, but yeah, I mean, we'll see if Mike Leach maybe could uh, put some resistance to Nick Saban. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. All right, we got uh, Market Watch looking at NFL lines, some early line movement in the NFL. Maybe get ahead of some of the later line movement by listening to this. Jaguars minus two and a half, move to minus three against the Giants. Then NFL's hottest team, Brian Dable, coach of the year. Yeah, I thought that was interesting because you have a two and four team and they're yeah. taking money against a five and one team that plays in the New York market. So it's Wild. a very public team. And I think if you kind of like dig in deeper to both teams, it kind of makes sense because last week the Giants beat the Ravens, big upset. I think they closed six-point underdog in that game. And they were also coming from London, which was not really an ideal spot because they didn't have a bye week. But the Giants were outgained in that game by the Ravens, seven yards per play to 3.8 yards per play. So maybe a little bit of a misleading result, a game that the Giants probably should have lost and maybe not even cover the game against the Ravens, but some turnovers by Baltimore aided them. And you just don't see like a, a such a discrepancy in yards per play and in games end like that where the Giants win by four. And on the other side, Jaguars – we thought they were kind of the hot team. They start yeah. two and one. They beat the Colts. They beat the Chargers out in LA and look convincing doing so. But then they lose the Eagles. The really tough loss, kind of the same old Jaguars, was losing to the Texans when we kind of think like, okay, maybe this Jaguars team is for real. But losing to the Texans is not a good look. Not and then good. last week they lose that close game to the Colts where they are, have several leads during the game. So I feel like this game for the Jaguars is a huge game, obviously, and and they still have realistic aspirations to win the AFC South just based on yeah. the strength of that division. So it's crazy to say, but I'm going to fade the 5-1 and one team and, and bet on Go the 2-4 team. Even, even with the line movement now to a field goal. Yeah, that's the thing. If it got back to 2.5, definitely would bet the Jaguars. Yeah. And minus 3, probably a stay away, but that's the only way I'd look in the game, Jacksonville or nothing. Yeah, I, I would probably agree. I think the thing with NFL sides is they've been so wonky this season. They just you, you, The teams that you think should probably win it, don't and and we really got we got lucky with the Colts minus two I think I'll say it I mean we got lucky yes. they could have kicked the field goal they found a receiver open for a touchdown late in the game like that's just luck at this point so it's it's tough for me to really start going with any favorites let alone the Jaguars but if you can keep it under a field goal if you can get this back I would imagine the Giants are gonna get some late money just because they are kind of the hot thing in the New York market everyone knows that they are you know, quote-unquote, a, a good NFL team at this point. So maybe you can get the Jaguars pl- minus two and a half at home. I'd agree with that, and that's why I'd wait to see where this kind of goes if it goes closer to three and a half, which way I thought it was going to trend towards on Monday, or kind of come back to that two and a half soft three area where the Jaguars would be uh, maybe an intriguing bet that we could kind of uh, go back and circle back on on Thursday if uh, we like that based on some of the line moves later this week. All right, one of the more fun games going on Saturday afternoon. This has got the uh, almost a 3.30 central time slate. Chiefs and the 49ers. Chiefs coming in as a one-and-a-half point favorite. Now they're a field goal favorite on the road against San Francisco. They looked uh, the, the San Francisco 49ers looked bad against against Atlanta last week, and, and that's not a team you really want to look bad against. And the Chiefs, 
you know, it was a Patrick Mahomes interception. You don't really yeah. see that, so it was not a fluky loss, but they were very much in that it was, game. It was a coin flip that they could have easily won, yeah. and they ended up not just not winning, but also not covering the to two and a half point spread as yeah. underdogs. I don't take much from that game. No, I think that could have it could have gone either way. Like I wouldn't yeah. downgrade the Chiefs from that game. No, not at all. So. I don't know if you still stand with the Chiefs with this line movement now to a field goal. I know you, you're you a sneaky lover of the 49ers. I don't even know if it's sneaky, but you like the 49ers. <laughs> but I don't know if that if their outlook changes for you after their performance against Atlanta, which was stinky. It was bad. Yeah, I think it has to. Um, not necessarily what we saw on the field from them, but just the injuries that are piling up for the 49ers. They had a lot of injuries going into that game, and that's why the Falcons took a lot of money yep. on Sunday morning. I saw like three and a half, four on the 49ers in a game that I think was as high as six and a half earlier in the week. But Nick Bosa, they're already out Kinlaw and Armstead on the defensive line. They lost the cornerback against the Panthers, uh, uh, Mosley, who's one of their better cornerbacks. Trent Williams we know about just a lot of injuries are accumulating they had more injuries against the Falcons too so it's one of those things like you want to you know maybe buy low on the 49ers coming off a loss like that but you don't know which players are going to be out there and you can survive maybe a couple guys injured for you know non-premium position but when you have a guy at Nick Bosa at a premium position he makes everyone on the defense better so you'd like to have Nick Bosa for this game but this, I wanted to bring this up just because of the line move, but also this was a spot I had circled for the 49ers. You said I'm a, a sneaky 49ers lover. Mm, That's not, sneaky, not really sneaky. He's out there. Um, but mostly because the Chiefs were coming off that Bills game. So if like yeah. the, if the Chiefs – Talk about a hangover game. If the Chiefs beat the Bills, this would have been like set up really nicely for the 49ers yeah. because the Chiefs lost and they have a bye. Maybe they have a more focused effort. But now at plus three or minus three for the Chiefs, it's either 49ers or pass for me. I'm just kind of waiting to see if the 49ers get some reinforcement back. I did just read before the show that Bosa, they're kind of optimistic about him. I'm hoping they were just holding him out against the Falcons, knowing they had some bigger games on deck because they play the Rams next week. So I still have, you know, hopes for the 49ers. And I think we just got that, like, Jimmy Jimmy G wasn't even that bad. He just had some turnovers. But hopefully he can kind of play within the offense. He usually does play better at home. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens injury-wise. But – would love to get Nick Bosa back in this game for the for the 49ers, and I look at betting them plus three in this spot. There's no sweeter words, I'm guessing, for you in the English language than 49ers bounce-back opportunity. <laughs> you <laughs> love betting the 49ers off like either a bad loss or a win where they looked bad, and they probably are underdogs undervalued in the market. It worked last time when they looked really bad on prime time against the Broncos, and then they beat it the Rams works. the next week. They're a really good bounce-back team. They're, they're yeah. not a team that loses bad consistently. And I think they're a really good team. Just right now, the injury situation is so ugly, and their defense was playing at such a high level, and they weren't able to stop the Falcons on the ground. We'll see what happens injury-wise. Uh, we'll talk maybe about this game a little bit more Thursday. Let's do situations of the week, and this is the hangover game to end all hangover games, and it's the Tennessee Vols coming off uh, arguably one of the program's biggest wins in the uh, last decade or so. Oh, at least. At least, maybe even two decades. Um, they are playing Tennessee Martin this week. Yeah, the opponent, you, you wish they were playing any like any, any, good any SEC team <laughs> or like any power or group of five team. But. What a bizarre team to be playing. The Skyhawks, the Tennessee Martin Skyhawks yeah. coming Ooh. in to Tennessee. 
Right, and there's not even a line there's on this not. game yet because we don't get lines involving FCS teams until later in the week. It's so sad. Usually like Thursday, maybe Friday. It used to be like Saturday morning they would just drop the line. So at least we're getting to the point where you have some time maybe to get down on UT Martin if you want because there were a lot of games in week – eight or seven of college football where the crowd stormed the field yep colorado got their first win we saw a field storm there georgia southern beat ranked jmu we had a field storm there i believe tcu actually stormed the field as a favorite against oklahoma state which is debatable but that's a conversation for the other time Anti field stormer over here but nothing was like this was not just a field storm for tennessee they took the goalpost and threw it into the river. They did. And they're trying to f- raise money on a GoFundMe <laughs> to get the field goal po- post up yeah. at Neyland Stadium. So I have yeah. no idea if they even have the right equipment for this game. <laughs> not only the team might not be prepared for UT Martin, but just the field staff in general and yeah. the facility and the, and the program might not be ready for this game. UT Martin, obviously, they're in Tennessee. They saw what happened. They're they probably know. feeling like they not could sneak blood. up on Tennessee. It could even be a sandwich game because looking at Tennessee's schedule the next two weeks, you're hosting Kentucky, and then you're going to Georgia for the game that likely decides the SEC East division. So just a horrible spot for Tennessee. There's not a line out yet. Currently not a line out yet for this game. Is Tennessee going to get money right away? UT Martin will get mo- uh, who money. Do you th- who do you think? Because I, I, I can honestly see it go either way because the well, public is going to be heavy on Tennessee. They're going to be like, oh, Tennessee's great. Let's I, bet them. I think people become smarter now where they know like to fade teams off those big wins. You would hope. So I think they actually will bet on UT Martin, and the sports book will set this line maybe a little bit shorter than it should be, yep. which is why I w- would be worried betting against Tennessee blindly. Because I don't really know what the number should be in this game. I don't have a power rating uh, or access to UT Martin. 50? I think Tennessee was like 45 to Akron earlier this season. Bama was so that might be point that might be comparable. Well, I'll yeah. have to look a little bit more digging into this game. But just know Tennessee, hangover spot of all hangover spots. They're just not playing the, the opponent we really want to bet on. Oh, what a great hangover spot. Uh, sandwich for the Penn State Nittany Lions. Playing at home to Minnesota. Go, uh, then they, next week they play Ohio State, and they're coming off a loss against Michigan. So they got Michigan, Ohio State, and sandwiched in between home game against Minnesota. Tanner Morgan, we don't know. Yeah, we don't know. He theoretically could play, but Minnesota, with injuries in the past, they haven't announced it until Saturday morning. So we have no idea if their quarterback is going to be playing or not. Yeah, it's kind of a tricky game to bet right now. I was looking towards Minnesota, but as you mentioned, Tanner Morgan, quarterback for the Golden Gophers. Left the game with a concussion or what appeared to be a head injury. P.J. Yeah. Fleck made it seem like he's doing all right, but with you know concussions right now in the football landscape with what we see in the NFL, I think schools are going to be really cautious playing those, you know, handling those situations. Yeah. On the other side, there's a quarterback injury for Penn State where Sean Clifford got banged up against Michigan in a game he didn't really look good in, and they have a, a highly touted. A freshman quarterback drew Alar, so maybe they turn the keys to him and give him a shot. It is a prime game, time game at night, so I still think Penn State gets up for this game, but just kind of a weird scheduling spot between your two biggest Big Ten East rival, rivals, yeah. and then you get a cross-division game against a Minnesota team who I thought was actually pretty good, but after the last few games, not so sure about that, losing outright to Illinois and then losing his big favorites at home to Purdue. So I was looking towards Minnesota in this game because of the spot for Penn State, but obviously would need Tanner Morgan to be okay. So maybe something I bet later in the week. I mean, the market is moving in favor of, of Minnesota. It, it opened at about five. 
Saw five and a half at one point. It got down all the way to three and a half uh, a couple of days ago, and now it's back to four. So yeah, just, some line movement doesn't seem like either way anyone really knows the quarterback situation because we would probably – I mean, if Tanner Morgan's healthy, Minnesota's probably under a field goal underdog, I would imagine. Three and a half maybe. I think three and a half sounds right, uh, just depending on Sean Clifford's status. If, if Clifford goes and Morgan can go, I think you know three and a half, four is probably the right number for this game. All right, that makes sense. Uh, quick thoughts, thoughts on Thursday night game is uh, too many injuries. We have no idea. Yeah, just I'll quickly Saints talk Cardinals. about it. Cardinals favored by one and a half. Obviously, this game could be the end of Cliff Kingsbury if they lose this game yeah. after a really pathetic showing against the Seahawks in Seattle. A Seahawks defense who hasn't been able to stop anyone, but they were able to figure out Kyler Murray. So I think Kingsbury definitely on the hot seat of this game. However, Saints traveling on a short week off a tough loss of their own. They have a ton of injuries. Andy Dalton banged up. Jameis Winston banged up. So both quarterbacks. I guess they can go Taysom Hill and run that offense, which actually might be not be a bad idea because the Saints wide receiver situation with Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Crystal Lavi is looking murky. So yeah. too many injuries right now to kind of give us a tr- give us our true opinion of this game. Probably a game you'd want to stay away from anyone, but just know I wouldn't be surprised Friday morning that Cliff Kingsbury maybe <laughs> is uh, on the unemployment line in Arizona. He probably should have been already, to be quite honest. I, I think I think if this wasn't a Thursday game, there would have been a chance he would have been fired after Sunday's game, but because yeah, it's a short a week, yeah. and now they get DeAndre Hopkins back from a six-game suspension, maybe they're giving him like one more shot. So right. just something to be uh, aware of in that game. One that, uh, you know what, with how – bad the primetime games in the nfl have been we saw last night with broncos chargers i was at commanders bears i'm so sorry the thursday before was the colts broncos game which was a debacle maybe watch baseball maybe spend time with family like this game might <laughs> not be one to watch yeah anyone you've neglected for nfl or, or college football but yeah take this one off however Saying that and and seeing the trends in the NFL, I could see this game being like a 60-point total type of game, back and forth, super fun, just because no one's expecting it to be. I could see something like that happening in just a really dumb way. And everyone's like, wow, why why couldn't this have been a couple weeks ago? Potentially. I just don't know if these two teams are going to do the part because Arizona's offense is pretty inefficient. Hey, Robbie and DeAndre back. Maybe it's just going to be super good now. We'll see about that. I, I am my doubts. Team total over for the Cardinals. <laughs> Do whatever you want, but I will not get involved in this game. Okay, Nate, I have one NBA play. NBA's back. We're going to have to start handicapping some NBA games again. Opening night, tonight. I'm feeling patriotic. So let's go 76ers. Do I want to go money line? I don't know. Money line is really tempting for sure, me, why not? to be quite honest. I'll go 76ers money line. Let, let, let's, I'll give that bet out. A plus three I really like. Money line, let's do. It's it's a good spot for the 76ers. No Robert Williams for the Celtics. They're coming off a uh, more than tumultuous offseason with the coaching yes. changes. Now have a new head coach for the season. Uh, no Robert Williams is big for them. Coaching issues. They already had a really tough finals loss uh, a couple months ago over the summer. So a lot of the signs to me are pointing 76ers. I think this is – I'm really high in the 76ers this year. I really like the Embiid-Harden pick-and-roll duo. Tyrese Maxey has been looking good. I think this is the 76ers game to lose. So I'll, I'll either take the points, I'll take the money line. I, I like Philly in this one. And I was doing some NBA research during the NFL game last night, and everything I read 
makes it seem like Philly is going to be a really good regular season team this yep. year, especially if you think Boston's going to be down. But just the idea that last year going into the regular season, Philly was dealing with the Ben Simmons drama. That distraction's completely out of the way. Yep. You have James Harden in for a full off season. Obviously, we know he's done very well in the regular season. Say what you want about him in the playoffs. But, yeah, as you mentioned, the Embiid-Harden partnership for 82 games or to start the regular season is something really exciting. Plus, they added some nice depth pieces to help that them in the regular season. Yeah. Not sure if how that's going to play in the playoffs, but we're just story. talking about opening story. night. We're just yeah. talking about 82 games. I think the Sixers have a chance to be one of the, have one of the better records in the Eastern Conference just in the regular season alone. 100% agree. All right, that'll do it. We'll be back on Thursday. Best Bets Thursday, our favorite time of the week. We're going to have some winners, Nate. We're going to continue. You're 10-2. and two. Let's make it 12-2, and 13-2. We're going to keep the hot streak going for as long as we can. Appreciate everyone, and uh, good luck on your bets. Good luck on MLB betting, whatever it may be, and uh, we'll see you all on Thursday.